That's okay. Thank you for, thanks for the invitation to speak today. Um, I also uh, thank you for uh, supporting Market Street Mission. I, I work there a couple days a week. I do, uh, um, I, I, uh, when I was studying counseling a little while ago, I did my internship there and became ad- interested uh, in addiction. I almost said became an addict. I almost said that. I got interested in addiction. And uh, has, that's 12 years ago, and I stayed there, and I uh, supervised the, now I supervise the, the student, the uh, graduate students in training, in, uh, for their counseling training. Um, <coughs> and uh, so I do that, and then I do counseling at Cedarcroft a couple days a week. Uh, and so that's, that's how my, uh, that's, I guess my last career, that's what I'm figuring is my last, last career. And... Um, uh, and I want to tell you something. I'm tell you tell you about something I'm experiencing right now, and that is, of course, we, you know, you can see all the apparatus hanging off my ears. That I got my glasses; they're propped up there. I have this microphone. But a couple weeks ago, I got hearing aids, <coughs> which is important for for uh, counseling. And then, so if these ears fell off, like, all this technology would just sort of drop to the floor. Um, but when I, I so last week um, I spoke at Cedarcroft. And when I, I, and I just wanted to tell everybody that, and then and they applauded, and I thought, well, that's nice. I thought, I thought, why are they applauding? What is, like, what does that mean? They're applauding, <laughs> and uh, and I think I said that out loud. What does that mean? What does that mean? You're applauding. So I guess I needed hearing aids. <clears throat> uh, so this passage, uh, this passage, uh, Philippians chapter two, the first half of that chapter, has a lot of meaning for me. And, and usually, I mean, whenever I've spoken here, it's been on a topic uh, of some sort. And generally, that's what I do. <clears throat> I, I don't mind being part of a series or doing something like something expository. Um, <clears throat> but th- th- there would have been a chance that, um, I mean, if you were doing uh, Nehemiah or something and you were, you know, where he's building the wall, I might have declined that. I might have said, you know, I don't really have any special insight into that. Um, but, but since you asked me to do this passage, um, this is uh, probably, probably the most important passage uh, to me in my life, and the, the and the most important things, the most important thing I've ever learned in my life is in this passage. So I'm gonna, I probably built this up a little too much, but uh, but that nonetheless is true. So I want to start just by reading through it with you. There we go. So if there, if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess 
that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Okay. That was a terrific passage. So, <clears throat> um, well, so, he starts this, this chapter, he didn't know he was starting a chapter, but starts this chapter with the word so, or therefore. So I just want to take a quick look back to what Russ talked about last week. Uh, <clears throat> is, you know, Paul said a few things and he says, so. And then he's going to talk about some more things. I just want to review what is what is he what he, it is he said. He said, you know, in the last few verses of chapter one, let your manner uh, let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Stand firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. Suffer for His sake, engaged in the same conflict that you saw that I had, and now bear. That and I still have. Okay, so that's how he ended the the previous thoughts, or how, what, I mean, what he included in the previous thoughts. And and I and I think if, if summarize this like you know, be like Christ, be united in spirit and in truth and in action. Okay, be you know one spirit, one mind, side by side, and and be prepared to suffer for it. This last this last thought he shares, <clears throat> suffer for his sake, engage in the same conflict. That you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. Okay, Paul is in jail. Right, maybe house arrest. This is not the final jail that he'll be in in Rome, which is a hole in the ground in an infamous place, uh, and that's where he died. But he's he's house arrest. <clears throat> he's writing the the this letter to the Philippians. He wrote letters, other letters to the Ephesians, um, from um, from his. Um, detainment and and this this is a picture that little sign says the the jail of 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 the apostle paul okay so i i have visited philippi it's this a very cool place to witness and uh <clears throat> after lunch i'll i'll go through some slides uh on my visit there uh but um, uh, this is where he is. And so he's saying, in the same conflict that you saw that I had, uh, when he was in Philippi some years earlier, he ended up in jail. He and others ended up in jail. So he's referring back to that time, that same conflict that you saw that I had, I preached the gospel and I ended up in that, that, uh, that, that little hole in the ground there. Uh, and and now um, and he's already said an apostle or in chains uh, in the first chapter he referred to himself being in chains, so he is in jail and he's writing to the Philippians, um, and he recalls that time when I was in jail there and and how I ended up there. So there's this. Um, it gave me the sense when I was there walking around. And you're reading Acts chapter 16, where the story about when Paul was in Philippi, and then you read then you read Philippians, okay, and you connect those together. That is a really good experience, okay. So even without being there, connecting these. So we'll look at part of chapter 16 after lunch. Okay. Um, <clears throat> okay. So. Okay, so now we begin the second chapter, okay? Um, and so he, in these first couple of verses, you know, I, I generally have focused on the verses that come after this. So when I was thinking about today, preparing for today, uh, paying a little more attention to those first couple of verses, uh, he, he's talking about, so if there's encouragement in Christ, if there's participa- participation 
in the spirit and comfort and love. Okay, so if you're experiencing that, if you're experiencing that, be of the same mind and be of the same love. So I think we could summarize it this way, these first couple of verses. You know, as, as we have found benefit in our relationship with Christ, okay, if we, as we have experienced joy and have learned things and interacted with the Holy Spirit, um, use that to create unity in the church. And then I think this is a really important idea. I think it's important that in our lives <clears throat> that we experience joy, that we, we, get some, we get feeling from our relationship with Christ. Right? It's not just a bunch of law, right? and these are rules to obey. Um, I don't know if we can persevere if, that, if we're just going off of that, that this is the right thing and I'm going to do the right thing. I like doing the right thing. But it's important to, to also engage our emotions in our relationship with the Lord because if we get this benefit of joy, if we get this benefit of joy, um, we'll, we'll feel good about this, about what we're doing. And, and I think that help, will help us with persevering. Okay? If we lose some joy, if we lose joy, um, I mean, our hearts might get hard. And so that's important. And this idea, I mean, Paul's putting an emphasis on unity here. He'll do it, he does it a lot of different places. We'll look at least one other. He puts emphasis on unity. <clears throat> and I, I won't spend time on that in depth here, <clears throat> but unity is, um, is characteristic of God. It's one, one of his characteristics, right? He's a triunity. God is three, but is also one, right? So it's part of God's character. Um, unity is part of God's character. And also, um, when Adam and Eve were created, so we have two here, and, um, and Moses talks about becoming one flesh. So when there were two, Adam and Eve, that the goal is to become one. Okay, so God is three and, and, and one. And Adam and Eve are two and one. And a, and a marriage is, is to become one flesh, to become one. And when the Lord Jesus was praying for us in John chapter 17, he prayed that they would be one, like as we are one. Right? Our characteristic of unity, the Father and Jesus being unified, although two are unified, he wanted his church to become one. So, so Paul, um, I think it, it would be very interesting study, I, I take a long time, but to, to uh, look at things that Paul says and then go find them, where did Jesus say that? Okay, and where, where did that come from in the Old Testament? And these themes, and this is an extremely important theme, is, is unity. So if you, are, if you are getting some benefit from your relationship with Christ, use that to create unity in the church. And there's a trend, maybe it's not a new trend, um, like a, a lone Christian, a Christian not connected to a church. Um, Churches like ours, <coughs> Cedarcroft and Terrell Road and maybe other assemblies, and, or, or just generally small churches, tend to have people who, who come most weeks. And most people are involved in something. Right? Uh, larger churches have those people, but then they might have like three or 400 other people who maybe go to church once or twice a month. If you, you, you um, take the average of 
Uh, how many times do evangelical born-again Christians go to church a month? It's 1.7 times. So there is, a, there is a loss of emphasis upon community. Okay? And um, um, so, so Paul is saying, if you are getting this, if you are getting a benefit from this relationship you have with the Lord Jesus, joy and comfort and your interaction with the Holy Spirit, use that to create unity in, in a community, right? Um, so that's how he starts. And so you might, um, uh, you might, um, well, then we have to ask, okay, how, does, how do you create this unity, right? How, do, how is this created? And, and Paul will describe that right now. Okay, these next couple of verses. It's easy. Just do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Right? But in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Right? Okay. Oh, I'm going to warn you. I mean, you have like a four-second warning right now. I'm going to ask a question. Okay, a question which I will hope some answers. Okay, so that's enough of a warning. Okay, so... Um, so do nothing out of, okay, there's selfish ambition or vain conceit. Like, what are those? Like, what, 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 what are those things? <coughs> yep. Yep, and advance myself. Uh, um, yep, so that would be ambition, right? And selfish ambition, right? It's all about me. It's all about me, right? That's our society. Yeah, I mean, I want to feel good, right? And and I, I think we already made the, the you know, made the point that that uh, engaging with Christ makes you feel good, right? And let and you don't do that. You, that's not meant for self. That's meant for sharing. And when the the spiritual gifts are discussed or any grace that we receive, the whole purpose of those is for giving those away to others, right? So it, it has to be community. Right? Okay, good. You know what selfish ambition and vain conceit are. That's good. Okay, But in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Okay, so he's going to explain this a little more. Okay. <clears throat> Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Okay, so humility. Okay, so humility isn't, Humiliation, okay, um, or being humble is not debasing myself. I would say it is a, <coughs> a realistic understanding of who I am and and others, okay, being uh, having a realistic understanding of that. And um, but in this, but the, the humility, which he, he explains more than the vain conceit. So humility is considering others better than yourselves, okay, or more significant than yourselves. If you're looking at other Bible versions <coughs> with this passage, it's really interesting to see the different words, uh, um, how, how they're translated. But, but considering others better or more significant than yourselves. And, um, and, and doing that by... So I think this not only is interesting. So not only consider your own interests, but also the interests of others. That um, not every translation will, will have the word only, but I think they mostly have the word also. So it gives you an idea that we're not, so humility is not debasing myself, 
But humility is, um, is not overemphasizing the me, not making the me the most important thing. If, if, I, but if I were to act as if or believe that I have no needs or, or no interests, that, that is a train wreck waiting to happen. Okay? So that's, but, and we're not asked to do that. We're not asked to debase ourselves. I think there are some other world religions that, that do that, is eliminate all sense of need so that I don't suffer. Okay? That's not what Christianity is asking us to do. I think it, that's unrealistic, and, and that's, not, um, that's not necessary. But it is necessary to not only focus on my own interests or primarily focus on my own interests or, or, or before the interests of others focus on my interests. Instead, not only those, but also the interests of others. I have to leave little reminders for myself, like all around, so I left it right here. Okay. So, um, uh, I worked in <coughs> pharmaceutical industry and corporate life for most of my career. And so, of course, when you do that, you do team building. <coughs> so, this team building exercise. And there may be 100 people in the group got broken up into six or eight groups, <coughs> but every group is playing a game. And the game is... Um, okay, so there's, let's say, 12, 15 people in a group, and uh, two or three people form a country. Let's say three people, so let's say five countries, and three people in a country. And you're given, every country is given a list, two lists. One list is, <coughs> this is what you need. And another list, this is what you have. And of course, um, you know, n- nobody has everything they need. They have some of what they need, they ha- uh, but they're missing things. So the, the purpose of this game, um, it, it we're told, <coughs> is to, um, to a, a, as a country, uh, acquire what you need. Acquire everything you need. But all, secondarily, make, make sure also that every other country has what they need too. Okay? So that's the game, right? So there's several playing, <coughs> you know, I'm, a, I'm in a country in one of these te- you know, groups of people. You know, yeah, I'm, I've been in this group for a while. People know I'm a Christian, so I'm going to act like a Christian. And, uh, and I'm, I'm, we're, we're looking at what we need. We make some trades. We meet our own needs. And then we start seeing what, what does everyone else need, and we give away stuff that we have to make sure others have what they need. That's what we do. Let me come back to that. And of course, I'm familiar with that passage, this passage, so I'm thinking about that as I'm playing the game. Um, <coughs> oh, did I jump ahead here? Let's see. I did a couple of things. Okay. And, and uh, Paul elsewhere talks about this idea of, of prioritizing others ahead of ourselves. And in Romans, he says something a little stronger, I think. You know, we ought not to please ourselves. We ought not to please ourselves. Each of us should please his neighbor for his good to build him up, okay? And selfish ambition is to build me up. But we, we ought to uh, please our neighbors for his good to build him up. E- for even Christ did not please himself, right? So another question. Um, when did Jesus look to the needs of others ahead of his own needs. When did, when did he prioritize us? And there'll be a couple of obvious ones and look for some less obvious ones maybe, right? 
When did he do that? Okay, on the cross. Okay, specifically, like what, a, what maybe, when, what on the cross? Uh, and, and just let's just think of things he said and did while he was on the cross. Yeah. Okay, he could have done that. I always get a new one. And I appreciate that. So they, they taunted him, mocked him. Save yourself and come down. He could have done that. He could have done that. But that would have been something for him, I guess. And that, and, and, but he prioritized us ahead of himself, and he stayed on the cross. Right? Right. Think of any other example. Okay, yes, when he was washing the disciples' feet, right? He humiliated himself very much in line with this passage or made himself humble, okay? And uh, act as a servant in washing their feet as an example to them, right? To do, do so, right? Good, good. Okay, so uh, any, anybody else have one they want to share? Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> and he went through it. Yeah. Yeah, he knew what was coming uh, exactly, and he went through it, right? That's, yeah. Yes. But he healed the sick. And uh, any specific example you're thinking about there? Or we could think of? Okay, yeah. I mean, he, he lived his life. He, he lived his life. He said, he said, the Son of Man has uh, uh, come to serve, not to be served. Okay? He came. If anybody could have come to be served, that it was him. But that's not why he came. He came to, to serve. And this passage illustrates that. I think of, of Jesus when he's on the cross, and he's looking at his mother. And he's thinking about his mother's future. I mean, how could, he do, how could you do that? How could you be in such pain? and think about anybody else's needs, right? If I'm hungry, I, I can't think about anybody else except myself, right? so, uh, so, and then there was the time when, when uh, he and the disciples, uh, right before the feeding of the 5,000, it's just told in each gospel, I think, right? So, um, he, uh, he and his disciples didn't even have time to eat themselves and they were going off to a place uh, alone but he had also just heard that John the Baptist his cousin had had been executed and he was going off to a place by himself we could give him that day off right but then he saw the crowd and had compassion on them and spent the whole day teaching and then feeding okay ahead of his own needs uh, he he had a need at that point and uh, he set it aside and spent the whole day with the crowd. <clears throat> and then, then he went off by himself. And, and we can, I think there are just many, many, many illustrations in the life of Christ. And you might even read through a gospel thinking about this theme. Okay. So let's see. I, I said that one. Oh, and he's on the way to the cross. <clears throat> and he sees the women weeping. And he says, do not weep for me. He's carrying his cross. He's been beaten. It's just amazing. Okay. Paul 
um, it's interesting in this letter that Paul provides an example also of how he lived uh, as Christ did. He had the mind of Christ. And he describes situation in the first chapter. Um, so you looked at this a couple weeks ago. And uh, he says this, you know, for me, famously, right? For me, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet, which shall I choose? I cannot tell. I am hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better, but to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith. So Paul is imprisoned. And he's older and um, can be discouraged. And, um, and, and people um, in prison do this. They just kind of, well, sometimes they kill themselves. I, you know, I'm, I'm looking at this. And I'm, um, and he is saying, you know, famous, this famous, we like to quote, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And he says, yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. Like, what, what are you talking about? Paul, what are you talking about? Right? Just ending this or just letting himself fade away? Right? And so, um, but because he has the mind of Christ, this is how he thinks things through. Because he prioritized the needs of others ahead of his own, I mean, this is an example from his life. And he, he says, but my desire is to depart, that's better, but to remain is better for you. So convinced of this, I know I will remain and continue my work, which is to live for Christ, because that's better for you and your progress. Okay? An example out of Paul's life. So let me just summarize where we, what we have so far. <clears throat> so he says, count others more significant than yourselves because, because what Christ has done for us, okay, what he has done for me, right, I should pursue <clears throat> um, what is most desired by him, which is the unity of the church. Right? And <clears throat> this is achieved by each of us, this unity is achieved by each of us by prioritizing the needs of others ahead of our own, okay? And we've seen a little bit of what that looks like, is that I show up here, I mean, why do I go to church? (laughs) Why do I go to church? You go to church, you go to be with other believers in order to serve, not to be served. Now, if there are other people doing that, then you do get served, okay? And that's how God, one way God meets our own needs. So this is how it works. This is how a community works. It's why it has to be a community, Okay, that's what we've seen so far. <clears throat> and and this is this is a, a great example overall of, of in Christ's life is have this mind or have this attitude or have this mindset in you which was in Christ Jesus, depending on your translation, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. So this is the great example of Christ. This is the mind of Christ. This is the attitude that he took in his life. 
Um, so have, we, we should have this attitude, this mind, this mindset ourselves. Right? And so here's the picture. Right? He was God. And, uh, and he became man. And not just a man, but a servant. Subject, and subject to death. And even death on the cross. Right? That's what he did. That is the example of humility. He humbled himself. And so Paul is talking about if you are feeling anything that God has done something for you, has helped you in your life, and you're participating in that, then do that, do that, use that for others and humble yourselves and put others ahead uh, of yourself and what their needs are. And because this is the example of Christ and how it's worked in our lives too. Okay. Okay. Okay, we get that. Okay. Of course, right? This is Jesus. This is the Bible. And I should humble myself and I should prioritize others. Okay, I'm not surprised. There's nobody here surprised that this is what, you know, the Bible says. Um, But then who's going to take care of me? Right? Who's going to take care of me? I think that's a fair question. Because I, I recognize I do have needs. I have interests. I shouldn't pretend I don't have those. I think that's not going to work at all. But then who's going to take care of me? And I think that's a fair question. So when I first came across, I don't know, the the meaning of this passage, it was maybe my kids, like my oldest son, Stephen's going to be here in a few weeks, and he's 27, so probably 20 years ago. Um, Now, you know, life can get very busy. And, uh, you know, it's busy now, but 20 years ago, we had little kids, three little kids. <clears throat> um, I was working full time. I, um, you know, I'm an elder. We do the youth group. There's other things we do at church, right? So it's, it's busy. Like, there's lots that get busy. But I, 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 you know, consciously figured as long as, you know, not more than one or two of these get extra busy, then I can handle it. Like, I don't, I don't get overwhelmed. But there are times when all of those get busy. Like work is really busy. There's stuff to do at church. There's stuff happening at home you've got to pay attention to. And I, and I would get overwhelmed. I get overwhelmed. So the first thing I realized um, is there's not just three things. There's me. Also there's me. Right? And you know what was really happening is you know, if these things get busy, I can trade them off once again, one against the other, right? And, but when my needs start not getting met, then I get overwhelmed, okay? And I shouldn't ignore that, but I, I was pretending <laughs> that, oh, I'm not, you know, I, you know this is not a problem. It, is a, it can be a problem, right? So, <clears throat> uh, and so in this one particular episode, um, I, I sometimes have low blood sugar, and you, we spent a long time at church. And so I thought, you know what, I'm just going to, you know, I don't want to be able to hang around. So, you know, I'm just going to bring some, uh, or get all the kids in the car, and three little kids, and <coughs> trying to make it to the breaking bread. And, and um, uh, I'm going to pack a little thing of pretzels for me, because then later on I can just eat those and boost my blood sugar, and I won't be grumpy. <laughs> uh, um, 
and, uh, and I could think of others ahead of myself. And so we're going, and, uh, and I hear this like crunching in the back seat. <laughs> and I turn around, and they're like, they're eating my pretzels. And then we, you know, one of these harried times going to church, and we, you know, pull in, and, and you know, we, we got little kids, we'd sit in the back row over there. Well, that, that day, um, Jim Van Duzer, you know him, he was our speaker, and he's sitting right up here. And he, and I'm sitting in the back row, just like, God, I don't, this is just too much, I can't, I'm I'm overwhelmed. And I'm literally saying, God, help me, help me with this. And and Jim stands up, he reads Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 to 11, and he sits down. And that's a a little unusual at Cedarcroft. Usually somebody will talk about it a little bit. He stands up, I say, God, help me with this. He, He stands up, reads these verses, sits down. And I, and I like, that's it. Okay. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. God will take care of you. God took care of Jesus. He humbled himself. You know, he didn't have to hang on to being God and use it to his own advantage. Instead, he became man and then a servant subject to death, even death on the cross, and God exalted him. Okay, that's how it works. That's the only way it works. That's the only way it works. God took care of Jesus. And if I have this attitude in me, which was in Christ Jesus, have this mindset, if I think this way, and, um, and I trust God for my needs, who's going to take care of me? God will take care of me. So how else could you live <clears throat> facing the world like this as a servant and prioritizing the needs of everybody else? Uh, I want to say, you know, the legitimate needs of others in, in, you know, in the way, uh, based on how God has resourced me. I, I can't, you know, can't, shouldn't or can't try to meet every need in the world. But those needs which he puts before me and, and be a servant and prioritize the needs of others ahead of my own, it's will only work if then I trust that God will take care of me. And to the extent that I have lived this way in the last 20 years, it works great. I mean, he's really so much better at taking care of my needs than me. Right? Because if I'm taking care of my needs, I'm competing with you, I'm competing with my wife, I'm competing with others in the world to get what I need, and I, I, I so often am unsatisfied by that and, and mistaken about that. But if I trust God for my needs, and so here, I, while I do not expect to be exalted, I, I, Jesus, this was right. Okay? Jesus debased himself <clears throat> in that sense, right? He humbled himself, he humbled himself, and God put him in the right place where, where he returned him to his place. Okay. Exalted, and that you know, every knee would bow and tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Okay. So, so we talked about <coughs> this, that because he has done for me, um, 
I should, I should do for others. Right? And, um, and that, that God, will, uh, God took care of Jesus and, and if I trust God for my needs, then this can work. Then I can do this. Okay? So here, here's what I learned from that game later on, thinking, thinking about it. I thought, I'm as familiar with Philippians chapter 2. And probably, <clears throat> probably I had this experience in the car before I did this game, right? So I was familiar with it. And this, and this advised my, how I played the game, right? Is look also to the needs, you know, of others, not just my own needs. But then here's, here's what I, re- I, I realized, is in playing that game, I first met my own needs and then met the needs of others. And I see that played out in my life repeatedly. I can, I can look out for the interests of others, but my tendency is to make sure I'm okay first and then make sure they're okay. And that is very disappointing. <laughs> that is very disappointing in me. That... Um, and that's not what Christ did. That's not what he did. He, he looked out for our needs first. He didn't worry about his needs. But when we played that game, that's exactly what I did. Let's get what we need, then we'll give away the rest. And that's not what he did. He spent himself fully. And then his needs were met afterwards. So it's very challenging. It's a very challenging idea. So... <clears throat> As our last verse. And at the end of Philippians, Paul says this. So he's got this, he's narrating this letter, I suppose, and he's had all this life experience, and and he spent time in prison when he was in Philippi, and, and, and they all know how that played out. But he's in prison now, and nobody knows how this is gonna play out, except he was confident that he would be released, and he was released. So at the end of Philippians, someone in a few weeks will, will cover this verse, and, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his rich, riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Right? God has, has ample stuff to, to meet my needs. Uh, he has riches, <coughs> his riches in Christ, and 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 he has <laughs> ample ability to uh, to uh, meet my own needs. the The thing is to is to trust him. Right? That is the challenging part of this: is to trust him. But as I said, <coughs> to the extent over these last fifteen or twenty years that I have had these thoughts, when I return to uh, trusting God, then I don't have to even, I don't need to compete and strive to meet my own needs. Instead, I am free to meet the needs of others and he'll take care of me. Right? So I think that when, when um, like Larry reminded me this morning, of when Jesus said that my burden is light. So when he says his burden is light, we might think like, how could he possibly, what you know, he doesn't really understand what he's talking about there in my life. My burden is light. But it, it's true. 
that if we live like this, then our burden is light. I don't have to strive. Okay? I mean, there'll be hard things to, and there'll be suffering. Right? But if the burden is not light, then it, to me that signals something is wrong. That something is wrong. Because he makes the burden light because he takes it, takes it on himself. Right? Okay, let's pray. Lord Jesus, uh, please help us to uh, have your mind, to know you, to know you better, uh, how you think, to take on your attitude, to help to understand this um, in depth, and and Lord, to uh, believe it, and uh, and so trust in it, and so accepting that this is true, then to to act on it, to act, to, to lean on it. Uh, in our lives, to not just to not just acknowledge that this is true, but also to live by it, to really believe it. Uh, help us to help us to to trust you uh, for our own needs and interests, that you'll meet those. And and Lord, um, that we not use this for ourselves, but we use this for the good of others, building them up. Uh, and this is what you did for us. Amen.